welcome to Steeped in Mystery. I'm Amanda. I'm Jenna. Welcome back. Oh my gosh, Jenna. I am so excited. We had planned on doing something different today. And yes. then you're like, wait, we have to do this right now. And yes. you ha still haven't told me what we're doing. Yes. So I was like, okay, okay. Like, this, this is surprise. like, this is coming hot off of my mini vacation to San Diego. Okay. So, um, uh, let's just, let, let's tell, tell listeners what we're, what we're drinking right now. And so it's a sweet dreams tea, sweet dreams. Mm -hmm. And I really like it. It's got a chamomile and lavender and it's just got a good vibe to it. Yeah. And I wanted something a little bit more mellow because what we're going to be talking about is a little bit on the creeptastic side. Okay. Do you, do you know, besides SeaWorld, besides the San Diego Zoo, do you know what, do you know what's in San Diego? People. Well, yeah. Tons and tons of <laughs> but besides people, do you know what else is in San Diego? Ghosts. Ghosts? Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. San Diego was kind of a hub for the gold rush, wasn't it? It, and it's home to the most haunted house in America. What? The Whaley House. I don't know that I've heard of that one. I know the uh, the one that's popular from Conjuring and stuff like that. Yeah. Like the ones on the East Coast. But I didn't know yeah. there's something besides like Winchester yep. Mansion over that way. Yep. It's called the Whaley House. Okay. And it is literally dubbed the most haunted house in Black outside it, everything. I really wonder how they hold that competition, but go on. I know. <laughs> Me too. But who am I to, you know, to judge? Listen, they have a plaque. That's all I need to right. know. <laughs> There's a plaque right there. Okay, so this is this is what we're going to talk about today, Amanda, the Whaley House. Okay. I'm going to fill you all in on it. Oh, so this is a place you went while you were down there. This is actually a place I went, and I have actual pictures inside oh, this haunted house. I love that. Okay. Ugh. All right. Now, on a more serious note, peeps, I'm going to put a disclaimer in, and it's only because I know that there are some sensitive people out there, but we do talk about suicide in this episode. Okay. So if that's something that... Um, that you're not okay with it's kind of more on the back half but feel free to skip or listen to you know one of our other episodes so. and we can we can give a little quick trigger warning right before we discuss it if the rest if you'd like to hear the rest of what we're talking about too absolutely oh absolutely all right okay here we go let's get into it okay the whaley house is located in what is called old town san diego okay and the reason why it's Old Town San Diego is because the Whaley House, a two-story Greek revival that was designed by Mr. Whaley and finished in 1857, wow. made from bricks created by Whaley in his brickyard. It was the first brick home in San Diego and overlooked the bay. Wow. And it's the oldest brick structure still standing in San Diego. That's impressive, especially with all the earthquakes and oh, like yeah. water damage. And yeah. At the time, it cost more than $10,000 to build this home. Wow. I wish my house cost that much. I know. <laughs> so, um, and and I, I will talk more about it. Um but I, I also had to Google that, because you know me. Uh, that would be about $400,000. That's still in relative. our <laughs> time. So this is no little, you know, stick and mud home. This is, no, this is a but I'm, I'm laughing, because that's still a relatively decent price in the housing yeah. market today. <laughs> Wait, why, yeah. So in some areas, it can buy you, you know, a pretty, pretty... Decent, decent house. In San Diego, no way. That yeah, not 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 four four hundred thousand your rent for the month. You better around here it could buy a, a really decent home. Yeah. So I'm gonna show you a picture so you know kind of what where we're going. 
So that's a picture of the Whaley House. Beautiful. Yeah, so it's got the columns in front of it. It's got a, you know, a balcony. Is it the one there on the right or is it all of it? It's all of it. Okay, so it's kind of a split home and it has a second level on one half of the home. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I and I will explain why why it looks like that. Yeah, it's an interesting design choice for the time. Yes. Because it on the half of two stories it doesn't have a like sloped roof. Yep. And that's usually like a staple of houses during that time. Mm, yes. So that, But the architecture for that Greek is box shaped. Yeah. So just think Pantheon and box shape. No, totally. Mm -hmm. I get the Greek stuff, but I'm just thinking of the time it was built, it wouldn't have been standard practice to do the roof that way. No, but but we will get into that. Okay. Okay. So it was furnished with mahogany and rosewood furniture. Mahogany! Yeah. Brussels carpets and damask drapes. Whoa. Yeah. So it was actually considered a mansion at the time. Yeah. The and wasn't just the family's home. Yeah, that sounds like pretty pricey stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So Thomas Whaley told a local paper before he started building this home. My new house will be the handsomest, most comfortable, and convenient place in town. Or within 150 miles of here. Fair. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah. So Mr. Whaley was really proud of what he was building. But he designed it. Wow. So the home him. had a large room on the main floor. And that's what this side of the home is. The single level. That's one big room. Oh, wow. One big room. And it's got a big, you know, double door at the front. But it, it was because that that main room served as a few different things in the time that it was there. It served as a dance hall, a pool hall, and the county courthouse. Really? Yes. Yes. That's kind of cool. Yep. And, and um, right now... Uh, this is this is a picture when they first made it into the museum in 1960, but that's about what it looked like on the tour. Oh wow, tons of pews. So yeah, so you actually have a jury box. You have the the front of the courtroom. You have the yeah. yep. You have you have the benches where the the people would sit. Yeah, it honestly like if you were just like a local startup town today, I feel like this is what your courtroom would look like. Like yeah. it's very modern. Yeah, absolutely. how long ago it was Absolutely. Built. So, um, and then, okay, so then going back to the house. So there was a, and I don't know if the doorway was in between, if it's always been that way, but you can go from the courthouse into what was this this window right here on the, on the lower floor next to the courthouse. That's actually a general store. Not very big room, but they actually used that as a general store. Now, I do know that a lot of people in that time, it was common practice for their homes to be built attached to their businesses for mm -hmm. just the sake of convenience and yep. money. So that's yep. unsurprising to me, but still really cool. Yeah. So there is a door that goes from the courthouse into the general store. And then um, this entry, the, the entryway to the home is a, a big hallway entryway. And so you can also enter the the general store from that big hallway and then over on this side the room here was the parlor oh, the wow. family's parlor yeah so um the general store actually uh fun fact there is they would serve english and spanish spanish-speaking customers and mr whaley actually learned some spanish so he could interact with his spanish-speaking customers wow yeah so um in October of uh, 1968, a large upstairs bedroom was converted into a theater. Yes, a theater complete with a stage. This isn't like your home movie theater. We're talking like, no, like Globe Theater style. Like, so, <laughs> so we're talking about... This room, and, and this is one of the rooms that you could go in on the tour. Um, it was probably a space that maybe is 
actually maybe as big as your living room and kitchen put together. Okay. Okay. Actually, probably a little bit smaller than that. And the stage, I'm not going to lie, the stage looked like it was probably uh, 15 feet by 10 feet. But it was actually built up off the floor, had a little bit of a, you know, like Like if they ambiance made to a it. little stage for a preschool class. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, would, you would think. You would think. But the fact that that they built this just blew my mind. I thought it was absolutely. So here's um, here's here's a picture from the side of the stage. So it was oh really gosh. teeny. There's a mural painted on there. The drapery is like beautiful classic mm -hmm. theater. Think like Phantom of the Opera. Yep. The the yeah. the staged chair table book thing is mm -hmm. such a creepy ambiance ghost light yeah yep love that yep oh what is, is do they have a projection of someone on that yes. mural yes okay. they were projecting faces on the on the i just wanted wall. to clarify that that was yeah. meant to be image so most of what they've done in the home is is trying to be as original to the original whaley home as possible Right, kind of in yeah. the way that people at art museums restore art pieces. Yep, yep. So um, on on uh, opening night, they had 150 people in the audience. Wow. Most of them, in fact, almost all of them were standing because there's no way you could fit 150 people so, in that room so unless they were all the crammed place, in like sardines. This is the place where you're like, what should we do today? I don't know. We could see a court case. Yeah. We could go to the store. We could go to the theater. Yeah. You know where we should go? The Whaley House. The Whaley House. <laughs> right. So they, they had the courthouse. They had the store. They had the theater. So they, uh, like on the main floor, they had a, a very large parlor and then a smaller uh, room behind that. Okay. And then you had the great hall that basically ran from the front door to the back door. Right. And then on the other side, you had the, the store and then a small storage room behind it. And then off of that, off the back of the home was actually a wood kitchen where they did all the cooking because if something caught fire in the kitchen, you could just tear down that wood part and save the rest of the house. That's really clever. Yeah. To just separate it so that the rest of your home is safe. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's actually like and a then, tip. <laughs> and then upstairs, they had um, two bedrooms, and then they had the theater room, which was just massive. And then they had um, another bedroom. Wow. Okay, so yeah. three bedrooms... A theater, a store, a storage room, a kitchen, a parlor, and basically a dance hall. Yes. Wow. And then the privy out back was probably this, the, their outhouse was, you can't go in it, which is just unfortunate, but the privy was actually a brick house as well. And um, I don't know if they like did their bathing out, they might have done their bathing out there, but it was so big, it's bigger than like your standard like port port like, body no like your standard shed wow. so it's definitely it definitely i think was like 15 feet wide by 20 feet long well i mean if it was just big if they're separating out the kitchen because of concerns i yeah yes separating the bathtub makes sense too in yeah. that way i don't know yeah so um about the whaley family so thomas whaley was actually um uh, from uh scotch irish background okay and he was born in new york city oh wow so probably yeah. one of the earlier parts of a generation born into america yes good for him so he was born in 1823 and was number seven of ten children um he took over his fa father's merchant business and did very well and he did so well that when california had the gold rush he took um, he took the opportunity, went to California, and made enough money to go back to New York and marry his sweetheart, Aww. Anna Eloise Delaney, who was from French background. I, I could tell. <laughs> In August 1853. And so that was in August. By December 1853, they were back in California. Wow. Yeah. 
So yeah. he he went there, married her, and they they started on their way back like the day after. Oh yeah, yeah, they had to because back then, um, I'm sure there was railway some of the way, but they were still building the transcontinental railroad and stuff during that time. So it it would have been a journey. Unless yeah. they went by and ship. It, and even if they went by ship, it would have been a And journey. this was relatively close to after the Civil War. So we weren't mm-hmm. exactly, like, set up country-wise. Right, <laughs> right. So um, they would go on to have six children, all two years apart. Oh. Yeah. Francis <laughs> Hinton, 1854. Thomas Jr., 1856. Anna Amelia, 1858, George Hay Rheingold, 1860, and Violet Eloise, 1862, and their last child, Corinne Lillian, 1864. Wow. Yeah. Two children were actually named after Whaley's business partners. <laughs> and if, if you couldn't figure, it was Francis Minton and George Hay Reinhold Whaley. <laughs> Love that. Right? <laughs> so, um, I mean, what better way to flatter your business partners than name one of your kids after them? You can't go out of business with me. I named my son, son after, after you. you. <laughs> Beautiful. Flair for the dramatic, right? Perfect marketing right? move. So now that we've covered the home and introduced the family, let's get to some of the sad, mysterious, and spooky parts of this house. Okay. So, um... The first death that happened on the property was actually a year or so before the home was even built. What? Yeah. During construction or something? No. No. Just before. James Yankee Jim Robinson was hanged on the property for stealing a boat. I guess there was a tree on the property and it was, um, they don't really say why. And in the tour, they just said that it was um, because it was central to where people had actually started building, that it was kind of used as like not really a, a town green or something. But for some reason, there must have been a tree there that they thought they could hang the guy from. And... Um, I think it was because it had a really great view. It was kind of like up on a slope. <laughs> and so like if you hang a guy up there, everybody can be down and like have a great view. I don't know. That was just my morbid mind. <laughs> but this is one thing they did t- tell us in the in the tour is that he was so tall. He was actually much taller than the than the population back then. He was like 6263. Oh wow. And so they didn't plan for that when they decided to hang him and he ended up being strangulated by the rope and his neck didn't break and so very tormented death therefore the right so lingering maybe but um they they said just for reference men around that time the tallest height for a man was usually about five 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 six so he was like a giant. Yeah. And the women were usually like four feet ten to like five two. I'd be a giant. Yes. <laughs> Amanda would finally get her her, her My due. lifelong dream. <laughs> yep. So when the family moved in to the into the home, they actually told the San Diego Union a newspaper that they heard heavy footsteps in the house which they believed to be Yankee Jim's ghost. So this house was legitimately haunted from day one. Oh my gosh. Day one. They're like, Jim's up there making noise. Yep, it was the property. Yep, the property. Picked bad land. And um, yeah, the heavy footsteps was something that they would hear. And um, they... There's even um, some reference to, like, seeing footsteps. Oh, like, like footprints on the yes, floor? Yes, like, foot, like, like water, up. dust, yep. But seeing the footprints. And you can imagine, like, somebody that's six foot two, six foot three. Big. Big, big feet. So, I mean, there's there would be no mistaking that. 
Yeah, that's yeah. not like maybe the cat ran by. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> so in 1857, um, it wasn't a good year for the Whaley's. Not a good year at all for the family or the house. So young Thomas Jr. actually contracted scarlet fever at oh. 18 months old and died in the home. Poor baby. Yeah. And, and for those of the, this is also a fun fact, and I only know this because of the, my medical background, but scarlet fever actually happens after you have, um, it's associated with strep throat. So if someone gets strep and, it, and it's not treated or it's strong enough that your body can't fight it off, you literally break out in a rash, head to toe rash that almost feels like sandpaper. It's like rough. And um, that was the scarletine rash. Is that why they call it scarlet fever? Because yep. you get all red. Yep. And some and some kids, again, some it, it just depends on your immune system. Because back then they didn't have antibiotics, but some could recover and some wouldn't. I have seen it once in my career. I have actually seen a scarletine rash once. Oh. And all the other kids in the family had strep throat, and the little. The little two-year-old mom thought the little two-year-old was fine. She's like, oh, no, she's eating and doing things just fine, but she's got this funny rash. And then I went, yeah, it's because they all have strep, and she probably started with it. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, And the two-year-old so, lived, and everything's fine now. <laughs> right, okay. right, because she got antibiotics. <laughs> so she's good. But the, the toddler did die. So shortly after that, they also suffered a fire in the area of the general store. So um, their kid dies and mm-hmm. the store catches fire. Yeah. And, and, and again, from what I've described, that, that general store was most of one side of the bottom part of the house. Yeah. You know? At, having it bricked is probably the only reason the structure is standing. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, that was so damaging that the family actually decided to move out. Yeah. Rumors were that it was caused by arson. Um, but it also caused significant losses because if they had a lot of inventory in that store and none of it could be saved. It wasn't exactly a time where insurance fraud would have been a reason. Or just insurance in general. Most people didn't have insurance. And so, yes, so they moved. They moved out. And they actually moved up the coast of San Francisco. Oh. Yeah. So Wiley House (laughs) 2.0. Right. And so they figured, you know, that part of that was um, a getaway because um, for Thomas Sr. to rebuild some of the wealth that he had lost and because of the death of um, Thomas Jr. Yeah, it'd be hard to be in that house. It would take 10 years 10 years but good investments helped and he was able to get the money to move back to the home and to make repairs so that they could live there again but they didn't move back in the home until 1868 wow so they lived there i i I would think time wise maybe a year and a half maybe a year a year and a half after they built it and then they moved away for 10 years. That's insane. And this is a massive home. This is like, they just it was left. a mansion. And they moved to San Francisco. So they lived um, vacant for 10 years. And they moved back um, in only to move out again around 1888. So about 20 years later. And then the home would sit vacant again for almost 20 years. Wow. Until 1909. Right. So they moved out in 1888, and then they, they didn't move back until 1909. Why, why do they keep leaving just to come back? Well, that's a good question. The first time, we know it was because the money in their likely, stuff. likely more due to the loss of inventory and the damage to the home from the fire. Um, but what would make a move a second time? Yeah, that seems like more cost than it's worth. Right. So now we're going to kind of jump to the story of Violet Eloise Whaley. So um, this is the trigger warning. This is your trigger warning. So peeps, if you need if you need to not listen to this part, this would be the time to 
check out. Okay. All right. On January 5th, 1882, when she was 19, she had a double wedding at the Whaley home with her sister, Anna Amelia. So, I mean, how exciting. Double wedding with your sister. Anna actually married her first cousin, John T. Whaley. So Anna stayed a Whaley. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, Violet married Mr. George T. Bertolacci. Okay. Two weeks after their marriage, the couple was traveling back east on an extended honeymoon. Violet woke early one morning to find her husband gone. What? And he left a note that he wasn't coming back. Why just marry someone and ditch them on the honeymoon? Why, you ask? I have the answer to that. You have... George T. Fertilacci was a con artist. Oh, no. And had only married her for what he thought would be a substantial dowry that he would be able to collect and use after their marriage. Mm. That wasn't the case. There was no dowry. Which, to me, dowry is almost almost always discussed before a wedding. He was probably trying to make upon. it seem like he didn't care about the dowry to avoid suspicions. Possibly. Um, but he even had aliases. He was such a dirt bag. Yeah. So, so this probably wasn't his first or last time no. pulling this scam. I'm sure it was not. I'm sure it was Poor not. girl. So Violet, again, she's only 19. Oh. Then had to travel back to San Diego alone and unchaperoned. Oh. So just time frame wise, again, it was unheard of in upper class ladies of Victorian society be unchaperoned. To travel alone and unchaperoned. So she became shunned by proper society on her return due to the restrictive morals and standards that their, you know, friend group had. She probably wouldn't have a chance at a husband after that point. Oh, no. Because there, no. everyone would assume no. that... No. She felt publicly humiliated, um, felt horrible shame, and, and became um, extremely depressed. Fair enough. Yep. Plus, it took one year to finalize the divorce. Oh. So I can only imagine how she had that hanging over her head. And and my thing is, is that, I don't know, maybe it was the laws back then. But I'm like, why couldn't she have gotten an annulment? He obviously married her under false pretenses. If, if they didn't have proof of them having not consummated the marriage then they would assume they had and not be able to annul some some states though you can get annulled up to six months after now right right so i'm sure it had to do it back then (laughs) to be fair to be fair so for two years after the divorce she basically became a recluse rarely leaving her room even at whaley house and her room was located upstairs. Well, I so, mean, her house was constantly full of... I can only imagine. So... Like, I can only imagine. I mean, constantly full of people, constant commotion, lots of... Yeah. Stomping from upstairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, obviously, with her dad being such a, a business person, I'm sure people were coming and going all the time. Yeah, she... So, yeah. So, she had overwhelming feelings of despair, anxiety sorrow and in july of 1885 she was put on a suicide watch after a failed attempt to drown herself she had actually jumped out of the back window of the home into a water cistern trying to drown herself oh my gosh yeah like this girl was just I mean, devastated. Well, was not. I doesn't even. In fit. her time, she was basically left without a chance for a future. Anything. Yeah. yeah. Everything that no she. No child. No husband. Right. And 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 back then, that was your sole purpose. Yeah. You get married, have kitties, run a house. 
Yeah. That was otherwise, for, for an upper class lady. Otherwise, anyway. you're a spinstress or mm-hmm. something else. So um, she was then under the care of Dr. Greg, and the family was um, keeping watch on her, and she was only allowed to be alone in the privy in the backyard. That was the only place she had any Which, solitude. I mean, I get, but that can't have made her feel any better. No. And... I, I don't know, like, it, I did find quite a bit on her, but I don't know to what extent the doctor had been involved up until this point. Mm. Like, if she had been suffering with this depression for almost three years. You would think they would have gotten her help. She, well, back then. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So one day um, in August, she asked her father if, if she could get a paper out of his locked desk to write some poetry. Fair. Feeling that this was a sign she was actually improving, he he would he just gave her the key and said, "Oh, absolutely, go get some paper out of my desk." Um, I would think of the desk as like the home safe kind of thing. It's like all the important documents, all the you know his business dealings, and that's probably why he kept kept it locked. Yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. most desks in those days were under lock. Absolutely, but not only did she get paper. She took his 32 caliber handgun, which he had completely forgotten was hidden at the back of the desk. Yeah. Guys, gun safes are important. <laughs> well, it was locked, but he forgot it was. He wasn't thinking. <laughs> he wasn't thinking. So on August 18th, 1885, she woke early and went to the privy and shot herself in the chest. Mr. Whaley heard the shot, ran ran to find her, found her, carried her into the house, and laid her down on a chaise in the parlor before running to find help. It was believed she hit a lung or um, not necessarily her heart, but a, a lung or some other structure because it, it took 15 to 20 minutes before she bled to death. So again, she... There was some suffering there. Um, But she did have her family at her side. She was only 22 years old. Yeah. And so on the tour, they actually have a picture of her. And she was just beautiful. I mean, even the picture from then, the black and white picture, she was just beautiful. It just just makes me so sad. Yeah, because yeah. It, had it been today, I mean, her husband would have left her on the honeymoon and she would have gone just back to her life. I'm sure it would have sucked, but... Right. Like, it wouldn't be the same. It, definitely not the same. No. It's definitely awful. not the same. So I'm she, sure her father would have taken care of her to the last phase. Oh, too. absolutely. Absolutely. So he... Um, she actually did leave a suicide note. Oh, she did? And she did write some poetry. Um, it was actually a passage from a poem, Bridge of Sighs, by Thomas Hood. Mad from life's history, swift to death's mystery, glad to be hurled anywhere, anywhere out of this world. I'm going to cry. I know. It's just, I know. This Poor, poor girl. But that, I mean, that alone, I mean, you take the, you take the, the hanging of the man on the property before the house was even built, and now you take the death of a very young child, named after his father, no less. Yeah. And then this horrible suicide of, of their, other, of their um, I believe she was the eldest daughter. But their daughter, nonetheless. Daughter, nonetheless. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Violet was not the oldest. She was actually the second oldest. And she was um, second oldest daughter, but second youngest. And, you know, I'm thinking about this, and it must have been even harder, because if she had a wedding at the same time as her sister, yeah, she comes back. Her sister's also off her honeymoon, but instead of being... Mm-hmm. In that situation, she's happy, and then she's having kids. I mean, if this is over the course of three years, yep. 
She's watching her sister live out a life she probably very much wanted for herself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just awful. Absolutely. So, um, again, this was all spurred by my recent trip to San Diego. And visiting the Whaley House, we did a daytime tour. So this is this is the daytime. This was like, oh, around noon, one o'clock. So okay. Daytime, tons of people around. Lots of people in the tour group. I think there's maybe 15 people in the tour group. But then you can also, after you do the tour, you can wander around the house. They just let you go and look. So you can wander back to where, you know, look at things a little bit more closely. So um, the tour guide actually told us that when they told us the story about the hanging and they said, they actually knew that the hanging took place in the area of what now was the parlor. Oh. Right? So the hanging took place there. Her Violet guy. died there. So this is, this is, um, they have it roped off. You can't go into the parlor. They have it roped off at this doorway. And so this is a picture from the, that I took from the doorway. So that's looking into the parlor. May I? Yep. And at that doorway, they have some black curtains hanging next to the door. And then they have a rope. So be, behind the curtains so that you can't go into the room. You can, you can just stand in the doorway and look into the parlor and look at all the cool things. And so... Um, do they talk about the portraits that I can see kind of in the glimpse? Um, they do have plaques underneath that tell you who they are. Okay. Um, so the room that you stand in to, to look into the parlor is a small little room. They've got some display cases. They've got a display case of a dress and some other things. And me, I like the detail. So I'm, I'm standing there. I'm looking at all these little detail things. And I a member of my party and I have to phrase it this way because he did not give me permission to use his name Fair. a member of my party <clears throat> spun around and said that's it that's it I'm out of here I don't like it here they don't want me here I'm done and proceeded to leave the house and said I will be outside waiting and I looked at the other two people in my party and I said, what just happened? And she said, legitimately, the curtain just moved. And I went, well, the curtain is moving. You can see that. And she goes, no. So like in the middle of the curtain, it was like somebody pinched it and pulled it over to the other curtain. Oh. And then it fell and went back to where it was supposed to be. And I looked at her and I went, what? And she said, uh-huh. And he was standing right, right there by the curtain when it happened. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And she's like, nope. So the pictures that I just show you, just showed you, I took right after that happened. Oh my gosh. So then I proceeded to... I actually finished walking around the house. Yeah, you would. <laughs> but then I, I went. I mean, you're in there already. Right. I went outside to find my party member who said, nope, and noped out. And he is standing legitimately down the street on the corner and, in, and waving me to come to him. He did not want like to come Like as far anywhere. as he could go yes. while still being seen. Yes. Wow. This is the skeptical one, right? Yes. So then I was like, no, I want to go into this other store or this other building. They moved it to the property. It's not part of the Whaley house, but they moved it to the property. It's an older style building and it's the, the gift shop. Oh, so yeah. I, I wanted to go in the gift shop. So I get him, I get him to go over to the gift shop with me and he's like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Nobody wants me. They don't want me here. And I'm like, okay, number one. I, you're not back in the house. It's okay. I don't feel anything. Take a deep breath and tell me what happened. And he goes, nothing happened. I said, come on. Something happened. 
Yeah. And he finally, like legitimately, he struggled with this for probably a good 10 minutes before he would tell me what happened. But he legitimately said, okay, fine. I was standing there. I was looking in the parlor and a hand came across my body, grabbed the curtain and closed the curtain. And as I looked at the hand moving, there was a head. There was a head of a person peeking around the other curtain on the other side. So the hand came across. I saw the hand first, grab the curtain, pull it, and then I saw the face. And then I GTFO'd, and I'm not going back in there, and somebody doesn't want me in there, and you know what? I nothing happened. I and then he said again, nothing happened. I respect that decision 100%. That's yes. someone who would survive a horror movie right there. Right? <laughs> right? Like, but I... This this particular individual is not one to run away from a fight and, or run away from something that... And is also not someone to hold back their words for such a long time. Yes. Um, wow. So it it was legitimately... I believe like him Like, that 100%. reaction would be scarier yes. to me than yes. anything else. And the fact that the other member of the group also that was standing behind him saw the curtain move. She didn't see the hand. She didn't see the face. But she saw the pinch. But she saw the curtain move in a very strange way. In a in a non-organic... Yes. <laughs> so So here's my thought. Maybe this individual actually looked like Mr. George T. Bertolacci. And Violet didn't want him in her parlor. Do you have a picture of Bertolacci? I don't. I could not find one. But that was my thought, Amanda, as I was sitting here doing the notes for the show. That was my thought. Because what if he looked like Bertolacci? Yes. And she's like, um, no, you're not... No. Coming in here. Yeah. Oh, my God. Crazy? Oh, my God. Yeah. Very crazy. That is really crazy. So the other, the okay, the other thing about this this house. Sorry, that sleepy time tea is hitting me. It's really a decent tea, isn't it? But I wanted something a little bit mellow because we were talking about some oh, yeah. pretty crazy stuff. Some hard stuff. So this house... This, the, the, the people that manage it and do the, the tours and everything actually open it up. I think legitimately it was either three or four nights a week for after hours ghost hunting. I'm not, I'm not even joking. It's like, it was, I mean, it's pretty, a little bit pricey. It's like 50 to $75 a person. But you're legitimately given free reign in the house for like four hours. And you can go behind all the ropes. You can go anywhere in the house. You See, can touch. I wouldn't want to be there after dark, but I really want to be able to go to museum type places and go behind the velvet ropes. Right? Like that's the part I would be enjoying. Like I wouldn't be looking for any yes. ghosts. I'd like have sage and salt and be like, I'm just here to look at your old objects. And they, they actually, they like. <laughs> They legitimately will pro- will provide you with the ghost busting stuff. Is this our next trip? Like the <laughs> like the spirit box and the light sensors and yes. Is this our next trip? I think so. God, okay. So <laughs> I I was just like, I was, you know, just floored that something happened in the middle of the day. But apparently that is like legitimately common. Wow, having paranormal things happen. At any time of the day, I've heard that for people who, but it's much more active. Who work in those types of places, it's really hard on them mentally because they see so much of that all the time. Yep, like I can't even imagine. Yep. Wow. So, um, yeah. So let's. So so, I'm I'm curious about a few things. So like when they went on these. gaps where they weren't living there was the was the hall still being used for court um was i don't the house so so the house would just be vacant during yes extensive spans of them being gone yes did the vacant homes are not a good thing either i find that really weird energy happens when homes are vacant well well think about it this way so if you leave 
You stick popcorn in the microwave. Yes. You burn it. Yes. You don't put anything else in that microwave for a long time. The next time you open it, it still smells like burnt, burnt po- popcorn. popcorn. You're right. You haven't cleansed it or added anything different yep. to it to change what's already yep. there. And that's the yep. same way with energy. So when you leave a house after something like that happens, yeah. you leave this shell to just fester and yes, fester more. And Rather than replacing those terrible right. vibes with like new good ones, the family yep. recovering and getting happy. And yep. And and that was legitimately that was the reason why they moved out of the house the second time was violets. Yeah, but was, uh, was all they did with both of those moves was encourage the festering. I yeah. totally get leaving, given that it felt haunted when they first got there. Yeah, given the deaths of their their children mm-hmm. in that home, but because no one else took the place, there was no happy memories to replace right. or help. So uh, a couple other things from from that point is uh, after Violet's death, Thomas actually built a, a single single story home a couple streets over and moved the family to a, a completely new home. And um, her uh, younger sister, Corinne Lillian, was actually engaged to be married at the time of her um, suicide. And it was so frowned upon and so, so socially unaccepted that her fiance actually broke off the engagement. And I don't believe, I didn't find anything anywhere, but I don't believe she ever got married. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's intense. Yes. Yes. So, so again, then the, then the home sat vacant for, Till 1909 and it was Francis who actually decided to go back to the family home do some repairs do some you know fixing up after sitting vacant for 20 years do some repairs and everything and then decided to the family decided to to the remaining members decided to move back in yes why Yes. Why? I don't know if it... Okay, so I don't know if it was because um, maybe they all wanted to be together. Maybe there was something going on with the other house they were in. Because the other house they were in was just timber built. It wasn't mm. brick built. So maybe after 20 years it was, you know, falling down or something else was going on. But in, in um, 1912... So Anna Whaley, um, Thomas had actually passed away before this. He passed away in the um, in the other home. Uh, Anna Whaley, Francis Whaley, George, and Corinne moved or was, were living in the home. Anna died there at 80 years old in 1913. Francis died there in 19. 19- 14. George died in the home in 1928. So I'm counting six deaths in that home. One more. What? Yes. Corinne Lillian actually lived in the home until her death in 1953. Oh my gosh. She was just shy of being 90. By that time, it was hoarded and full of cats. I love that. <laughs> so when she finally passed away, I believe that that's when the local historical societies started working on it to turn it this into a museum. This is our oldest brick mm-hmm. home in the city. Yep, because they were able to open it as a museum in 1960. Yep. So, um, yeah, it doesn't ever mention anything about whether the children had children or other descendants, it mentions nothing about that. I'm sure if I were to dig further, I might find out something about that. But Maybe. But, you know, um, it just seems so odd to me. Such So much tragedy. For, for basically the entire family to die in the home, mm-hmm. for it to have been haunted from the very get-go, is yep. is not a frequent occurrence. Right. 
oh my gosh, I just can't, I can't even imagine. Like, listen, I would be moved out day one I heard those footsteps. Yeah. But to go back twice after a family member right? died in that home. Yeah, I, I don't know if I could do it. Even if there wasn't a spirit lingering, it's just like something where I'd be like, all right, I'm selling the home. I can't be here. I think maybe it had to do with financial reasons that they moved back in because from what I gather from reading, it doesn't really say, I mean, but I think after her death, maybe Thomas didn't really do so well financially after that because i'm sure that had the a lo- taboo probably yep. followed the family for a long had a lot time. to do with yeah him losing business like deals first she stuff. comes mm-hmm. back no longer married and traveled alone yeah. and then she kills herself your family is crazy we're not having anything to do with you yeah yeah for sure so um workers um visitors uh other people have seen the ghosts of family members uh including little Thomas Jr. They have also heard babies, baby cries in the house and baby giggling in the house, which they believe to be Thomas. Giggling is so much worse. Right? And after digging a little bit more and a little bit more, I actually found a loose claim that the home was possibly built on an old cemetery. Well, I mean, if they were doing hangings there, right, why not just bury right, the bodies? Right? Oh, my gosh. So even passerbys during the Whaley's occupancy would claim to see ghostly figures peering out of the windows upstairs. That's wild. So this legit, legit, this home has been haunted from day one. Some have actually claimed to have seen Mr. Whaley himself and had him blow smoke in their face. <coughs> I know that's 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 just not nice. <coughs> that's mean. He d- he doesn't understand the tobacco taboo. It's just not. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> well, back then, I mean, uh, cigars were and pipes and everything were very much a part of everyday life. Yep. Uh, People have heard strange noises, sounds, sights, and even smells. They say that one of the most common smells is a French perfume. Like <coughs> that Anna, Anna Whaley used to wear. Yep. So, um, <coughs> that is why it is called the most haunted house in America. I can't believe you got to go there. <coughs> Excuse me, I've got a really bad tickle in my throat right now. I'm I'm a little jealous, and also I am very terrified. <laughs> right? So it's been featured on, like, Ghost Adventures, a lot of paranormal shows. They've gone in and done investigations and things like that. Have they done any, like, uh, <coughs> horror movie-style movies concerning it? Because I haven't really seen they have done one but they actually made it a point in the tour to say (coughs) this is so funny the movie the whaley house is not associated with this house whatsoever we did not endorse it and it was not even filmed here Yes, they made it a very good, they made it a point during the tour to say that. So there is a film out there called The Whaley House, The Haunting of Whaley House, but they legitimately had nothing to do with it and don't even support it. Well, either they don't support it or the movie was very much like, you can't take any credits or rights because... Right, (laughs) sure, sure. So anyway, I was just absolutely fascinated by this house and the tales from this house. And so that's why I kind of... Pulled a pulled a switcheroo and decided, hey, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this right now. When it's a switcheroo for something like this, though, I right love and appreciate it because it's like, what? Where does that even come yep. from? So here's here's actually another picture one that I took. It's of the display cases and some uh, like the a little family, family genealogy. Mm-hmm. 
And just to give you an idea, so th this pair of shoes that they have there were similar to what Anna would have worn. And in the case, they're probably like maybe eight inches. Oh. Eight or ten. Not Tiny. even ten. Probably eight. Well, child eight size. Yeah. 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 And then I do have, um, so this is um, a reproduction of a black dress that Anna Whaley would have had. Oh, wow. And... Um, a reproduction of a vest and top hat that um, Mr. Whaley would have had. And the doorway was right next to that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that, that um, my party member had his experience. Um, one of the fun things about this house is in all of the lighting fixtures, they have those flickering bulbs to make them look like gas lamps or like candles. And so... All of the lights in the house do that. That picture looks like you've got a hat man in it. I'm sorry. I know. There's a hat hanging on a peg in this closet. And I was like, if I'm going to capture a ghost in a picture, it's going to be in this room. And so I just went through and was just clicking pictures. And then I went through them later and I was like, oh, no ghosts. No ghosts. Dang it. Next time, strap a GoPro to your party member. I know, right? I really should have. It was just. But it was just um, just so exciting to see. And I really love haunting. Okay, so here's here's a picture. I went to another doorway where I could take oh, another yeah, yeah. picture. And this is where the curtain, this is the curtain. I see. So, so it was just. It's, it, it's not even on the side where it would be pub, publicly accessible. So, um, no, not really. And, and it's just hanging on the, it's like framing the doorway is what oh the curtain gosh. is. And so, yeah, I, t I took some pictures and I was hoping for some spooky ghosty things, but no, but that's okay. How terrifying would it be in that selfie one though, if you'd looked at it later and there was one just like taking a picture with you? <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's always this hope of seeing something like that and then there's the reality of it. And that noping down the road of being like, uh, I just saw the thing. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was it was super fun. I love going to places like that. I love hearing the history. But um, to actually have something happen while we were on the tour was just extra special. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> so, y'all, if you're ever in San Diego, check out Old Town. Um, they actually have some fascinating little historical things going on there. And and while some of their um, buildings are reproductions of things that used to be there, they actually have the oldest cigar and smoke shop in the little old town park complex. That's kind of a unique thing, too. And, and the guy, it was lost by fire, but the guy that did it actually dug down into the ground and found the original, um, the original foundation and then recreated the building from as many pictures as he oh, could find and it's absolutely gorgeous. I love that. The woodwork and everything in there. So, but it was it, it's a one of a kind store and it was just just walking into places like that I love just the history. Yeah, I yeah. me too. If any of you are really good at genealogy too, I'd be interested if we can find a picture of this con man now because I'm extra curious. Uh, to see if he matches my party member. Yeah. Mm, so so any genealogy specialist out there or yeah. ancestry specialist, that'd be really cool. Okay, so Amanda, tea at the Whaley House? Oh, gosh. At night? At midnight? Listen, I want to go at night <laughs> and see all the stuff behind the velvet ropes, but... Also, like, I don't. <laughs> you don't want your hair tugged. You don't. He. You don't want somebody to sneak up behind you and blast me with a ghost version of a. <laughs> yeah. Or see curtains moving, or you know, disembodied hands. I and don't faces. want a spider to land on me and crawl up my spine <sighs> and have me think no. it's something else. No. Even like you know what I mean. Forget it. Yeah. No. So. No. Nope. Uh... I'm gonna nope out of that. Uh, I really want to go and see cool history Actually, stuff. Actually, I take it back. I would totally tea at the Whaley House. I will hesitantly tea with um, with just like sage in my hand. With sage. <laughs> or holding it over your head. Just, I've got sage. Like stick it on the propeller hat so it spins around my body as I walk. Do you know, my thing is, <laughs> is that the reason why I'd want to tea at night in the Whaley House is so I could just sit and look at things. 
because during the daytime there were so many people and so much motion and so many people the, like the ability to sit and quietly observe yes and, yeah and to even just you know sit for uh, uh, any length of time and 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 look at just the artifacts and the the historic pieces they have in there i, I just yeah that's that's the part i would think would be yeah. worth paying is the behind the velvet ropes yeah i love getting up in close with yeah. some of that stuff yeah absolutely okay all right Yay. all right you guys so you know you can find us on facebook and instagram and you can email us at info at steepmystery.com and if you don't know how to spell that email or whatever. If you go to our Facebook, I have all of our other stuff linked, so it's really easy for you to find. And we've actually had a request come in for some Salem Witch stuff, and hey, we're going to work on that. I'm so excited. That actually made me really happy. I was like, yes! <laughs> we, can, we can dive into that, no problem. Absolutely. All right, peeps, we'll keep it steeped, and we'll catch you next time. Bye! Bye! Bye.